Welcome to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast, where our team is helping people build their financial freedom. And one of the things we talk a lot about is saving and investing 25% of one's income. And I'm your host, Joel Farrell. And each week we dig into the ways that people are generating more income to be able to save more money and the ways that they are investing that hard-earned dollar. And lastly, the how, how people are making these changes. Because again, we're talking about changes. We're talking about changing behaviors. Let's get into today's content so we can help you on your financial journey towards living a life with the power of choice. All right, another episode with Strive for 25, and I've got a cool guest on with us, Michael Allen. And this fits into a couple of different series, uh, our investment equation series, and also our savings equation series. And again, uh, the investment equation series, talking about investing and, and buying assets and uh, getting a return on your dollar. And then the savings equation series, income minus your expenses equals your savings. And so Michael, full-time job in the military, active duty, and over the past couple of years, been doing some things on the side in the crypto world. And uh, here to kind of talk a little bit about some basics on crypto. And that's where it kind of also falls in the investment equation series. And again, this is one of the hot topics of this uh, current market is crypto and up and down. Michael, so glad to have you on. Hey, I'm happy to be here, Joel. Um, yeah, uh, full-time active duty uh, in the Coast Guard. And, um, you know, I've always been kind of in, in that entrepreneurial spirit of trying to, you know, find things to do, find ways to improve my life and uh, better my life for myself and the family and things like that. Always been a, a big researcher and, and things like that. Um, and I kind of came into crypto pretty recently. I'm just that kind of, you know, average person that's like, I heard about crypto a long time ago when it kind of first came out. Is It was originally started back right around uh, 2008, 2009 um, by an anonymous person, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, on a, a web board is kind of where, where its origins lie. And, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it burst onto the scene and became this actual thing that people we started trading and having value and really caught some people's attention when there was a guy that on the web page forum basically traded someone for pizza. They basically said, if you order a pizza and have it delivered to my house, I will send you some Bitcoin. And actually, there that's been kind of commemorated in a day now that is called Bitcoin Pizza Day. <laughs> yeah, May 22nd. Yeah, uh, a Floridian programmer bought two pizzas and basically traded 10,000 Bitcoin okay. for two pizzas. Now, Man. I mean, if you think about what's Bitcoin been trading at, you know, Bitcoin was trading as low as, you know, pennies or less than a penny long, long times ago. And, you know, back in 2021, it was over $60,000. So it's amazing to see where things can start and then build value and gain value over time. And it's just been pretty amazing to come into the space and do enough research to start to understand things about crypto. And it's vast, the amount of knowledge and things that are out there, essentially in the, the Web3 world is kind of what it's called, what it's, what it's being called nowadays with blockchain and crypto nfts layer ones all these there's all these terms that are out there that people have to start to try and wrap their minds around and the best way to do that is to, to literally just do do your own research is what uh, dyor you'll see that a lot in this <laughs> case, uh, as well as stocks and things like that but 
I just started doing my own research, you know, um, and where did you, I, uh, what was the first place you started to do your own um, research? That's just, again, that's a very, you know, vast right, range of yeah. things to look into uh, online books. What was the, yeah. the biggest place that you were able to gain the most good knowledge? So literally Googling things, one of the best websites that I found for education to get a basic start on it was actually Coinbase, which is one of the largest crypto exchanges, centralized exchanges in the world. And it actually has a, like an education section. Um, if people go to my website, that seekerofcoin.com, and you scroll down to my first article, it goes over how I started, uh, where I started. And it actually talks about the portal that Coinbase has. I've got a couple of links on there that people can, can click on and get to the education section of Coinbase there. And what it does is it basically starts at the origin of crypto. And that was was Bitcoin, obviously, uh, as far as the currencies. And then from there- Speakerofcoin.com. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, there's a couple of links on there that talk about Coinbase and things like that, some stuff about crypto and, and its origins. Uh, it's actually the book that I recommended to you called The Kings of Crypto. And that is a good book in the beginning. It talks generally about crypto and it actually talks about the origin of Coinbase, its founder and their process out in, uh, in California and things like that. But just the beginning of that book as well kind of gives a good origin story. And it was actually really easy to read too, as far as like a book that's about an industry and its its origins. So, so you mentioned crypto and the same sentence, the same sentence value, and you know we take dollars, right? And every country has their own currency, and we exchange it for goods, and that is how we establish value, right? Um, and you know what's backed on and backed on trust and things like that. And so crypto comes out of really nowhere. From an ideology standpoint, there's obviously a lot of history, but crypto comes out of nowhere and then becomes something, and and then we assess value to it. Uh, and obviously, there's yeah. different types of coins, and we all know the main ones like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum. And there's Doge. Well, those are actually called layer ones. Uh, okay. Well, like okay. the origins are are essentially layer one. Like Bitcoin is the original, and then you have anything other than that is in the space, kind of called an altcoin, and Layer ones are something that all these other tokens like Dogecoin is actually like a token built on the Bitcoin chain, or you have the biggest ones right now are Bitcoin, Ethereum, and BNB, the Binance chain. Binance is kind of like number three in the space right now. I'm looking at a, a website that people can actually go to called CoinMarketCap. And CoinMarketCap is kind of like an aggregator of all of the what's going on in the crypto space. And the ticker on top right now is showing that there are over 20,000 different tokens and cryptos out there. But one of the things that's interesting to follow is the overall market cap. The overall market cap right now for crypto is $1.04 trillion. Now that, you know, to the average person may seem huge. And it is huge, right? A trillion dollars yep. is no joke, but that's small when you consider that's the Apple size. Of Apple, e exactly. Amazon, like by themselves. Yeah, that is small when you consider consider something uh, the, the the space overall and business and investing and things like that. And um, one of the things that you'll hear is that oh, are we early to a lot of things? And and crypto as far as value can be looked at in various ways, but the way I look at it is 
having reasonable timelines on your investment. Now, back when someone traded 10,000 Bitcoins to pizzas, do you think they knew that, you know, Bitcoin was probably going to be, was going to be trading at 60 something thousand dollars? Probably mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone in their right mind would trade something where 10,000 of those, you know, would equal, you know, times 60 K each, you know, for two pizzas, especially, you know, if they knew where there's infinite potential in these things, if you find the right ones, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that could, you can make bad trades on, you can get into bad projects, you can get into bad people running bad projects. And uh, there's been some, some news lately about various people that have like gone dark in the space and took a bunch of money and ran. And that's something that's a risk in any kind of space. But that's why regulations are starting to change. You know, for the longest time, there was, there was no regulation. But one of the good things is that regulation is somewhat coming to clean up the space a little bit. While it's not so much completely the Wild West anymore, there's still huge opportunities for people that don't risk more than they can not have, but want to have potentially good upside. And the biggest thing for me is having realistic timelines on that, because if you look at the overall chart, it's going up and to the right. And what does everybody always want? You know, you want your, your investments and you want your charts to go up and to the right. Now, not saying that there's been dips. Obviously, there's been a huge dip on Bitcoin in the overall market since 2021, where the market overall was up over $3 trillion. Now we're down at $1 trillion. But for folks that do investing and want opportunities, you don't buy the top. You buy when things are down. What's Warren Buffett saying? There's blood in the water. <laughs> uh, yep. Buy, buy, uh, I think it's buy when there's blood in the streets. Uh, you know, when, when everyone is crying, that's when you should be buying is what I kind of like personally. And not risking more than you're capable. Like don't, people should not be going out there, going into crypto and spending their rent money or their food, you know, their, their mortgage payments, anything like that. I, we, we hear about it and it's unfortunate and that's bad because people should not be risking that money. That is not money that you should be risking. You have your living expenses covered. And that's part of having any budget. That's part of anyone having any budget is you need to have your income and your expenses calculated so that you know what you can be doing as far as your, your living, your, you know, your survival is, as far as finances and the, the strive for 25, actually, I went and kind of calculated my personal savings and my personal budget to, to kind of figure it out. Cause I put a lot of it on autopilot. You know, the best way to do that is just kind of pay yourself first and don't see it. Don't let it get to your checking account where it's going to, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to want to spend it or something. So I actually have a fair amount of my income that goes directly into my federal retirement account, as well as a, a regular IRA on the outside. So I'm not at 25%, <laughs> but uh, I, I was actually higher than I expected. So that the striving part is good. It's not, you don't have to yeah. get to 25. It's a goal. But, you know, the more that you can put away in general is always better. I mean, I, I don't even think I need to talk anymore. I mean, I can just bring you on and just talk about this every day. You can just take my job. My goodness. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Hey, I'm, I'm passionate <laughs> about it. I, uh, yeah. I I like to help people to to find opportunities and, uh, you know, make their lives better uh, through them. There's so many different ways of doing things out there that can be, you just have to take the time to kind of do it. One of those things is writing books you can do on Amazon. I wrote a book and it's actually for sale on Amazon called the ABCs of the Coast Guard. And it's just a, it's a kid's ABC book where I just had an idea 
and took the time to write down some concepts and put it all together. I found a, an illustrator on Fiverr is a website that you can go out there and contract people to do yes. stuff, you know, put some yeah. time in, put it all together and put it up on Amazon. And now I'm getting royalty income from Amazon for selling books. Yeah. And it's great. That, that's so cool because, you know, in some of the videos on our channel, you know, we talk about saving money, getting ahead. And there's so much content out there about cutting your expenses and budgets and whatever, which is all great information, but not enough out there about increasing income. Because you talk about the force of compounding to your dollars, right? Time, which is one more thing I want to get back to you on is the time horizon when it comes to investing is getting a little more kind of a explanation on that, because I think it's really powerful stuff from a mindset perspective. But if you spend all kinds of energy on your budget and cutting expenses, you know, there's only so much of a return you can get because you can only cut so much, right? And then the question right. becomes, well, how much are you how much time are you spending on increasing income? Zero, something, I mean, who knows? But if you are, that's where things can get really interesting because in theory, if you spend time every single day, whether it be on getting better at your job or building a business on the side, and I have clients that are doing Etsy rover.com, you know, working for Fiverr, doing virtual assistant work, working for Fiverr, doing all kinds of everything, people building businesses on the side, you know, you get better at that, you know, you fast forward the clock one year, 10 years, imagine how much possibility can be there in terms of generating more income. And so that's a great example, you know, writing a book, putting it on Amazon. And I know that we talked about this in the past, but for the listeners out there, you know, writing a book, the ABCs of the Coast Guard, why did you do that? What does the book reader get out of it? Because you know, I, I know this because in my mortgage world, you know, I'm not a veteran. I never served in, in the army, the Coast Guard, in, in any of the forces, but I, I get a pleasure to be able to talk to people like you that, that have, and it's a different lifestyle. You know, I lived in St. Louis my entire life. I haven't had to move and you're moving every three, four, five years and you're picking up your family to a brand new place and doing that multiple times. That's a whole different lifestyle. And it's a lot to put your family through and you kind of got to rally together. So can, can you share a little bit about that? And also the book? So, I mean, the book really came about with uh, my daughter. I, I have a four-year-old daughter that uh, that came about. And um, when I was working in South Carolina, I was in Charleston, and uh, I would have like overnight duties where I'd be away from the family and uh, kind of just came up with this thought of like, what's something that I can make for my kid that I can pass down to show her, you know, it's for her, it's dedicated to her and everything, and uh, provide some entertainment but knowledge as well, because the book goes over like, it's the ABCs of the Coast Guard. A through Z is something that is in the Coast Guard. Like A, for example, is Alexander Hamilton, who was the founder of the Revenue Cutter Service, which turns into the Coast Guard. So that's a little bit of history, you know, it's things like that that are in the book. Uh, and one of the cool things is it's like, no matter where I move, the book can generate income everywhere because it's being sold on a website. It's being sold from a website. It's actually called uh, Kindle Kindle Direct Processing or Kindle Direct, Direct Printing is I think what the old program was called, but it's basically a print-on-demand book service that they, someone, you upload it, someone orders your book, they print it and send it to them. And then you get a percentage of the royalties and you get to set your, uh, you know, set your pricing and things like that. It was actually relatively simple. It's kind of how it came about. It was just an, an idea. And a lot of things are, People need to take their ideas and don't be afraid to fail, but put forth the effort to make it happen. Because I took an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and I cut it in half. And so I had a four inch page and 
wrote out, you know, some pictures on it, A through Z, this is the ideas in, you know, pencil and went from, from pencil to finding an illustrator to being published on Amazon and, and available for sale, you know, and art <laughs> was not my forte. And that's why I went and found someone and hired someone to do it. And that kind of takes me back to the, the NFTs and back to the crypto world kind of circle back here. Yeah to the crypto world, one of the big things out there is NFTs that people are talking about, which is um, non-fungible tokens. And NFTs are a different version of crypto in that NFTs are unique items. They're unique tokens. They're non-fungible tokens. And each NFT- What does what, what fungible mean? That they're not, um, they're not the same. Okay, so it's uh, a non-fungible, every, can't be replicated. Yeah, it's okay. unique to the one or, you know, one through whatever it is okay. that every one of them is unique. Whereas like Bitcoin, a Bitcoin is a Bitcoin is a Bitcoin. They're all Bitcoins. And an NFT could be NFT number two of 10,000 looks different and has different traits than all those others. And that's where a lot of these NFTs are, where a lot of people with some art background or design background or um, computer background have been getting into NFTs that have a vast, vast amount of opportunities out there for people, especially in the art world and things like that, where NFTs started simply kind of as art and JPEGs and, and things like that, where people kind of make fun of them. until they see that some projects out there, one NFT is worth millions of dollars because yeah. they've been around and they, the project has grown and things like that. One of the topics that you had here that you wanted, we kind of wanted to talk about is that it's not going away. Cryptocurrency and NFTs and things are not going away. In fact, companies are adopting them and moving into the Web3 space faster than ever. I think there's a couple of projects out there that I follow where there's one where we are minting NFTs that correspond to physical cases of investment grade wine. So like those, the NFT corresponds to an actual case of wine that's being held in Europe in a bonded warehouse where they know the provenance, they know the value, and things like that. And then one of the unique features of that project that's called WIV is that eventually you'll be able to request to take out a loan to 40% of the value of your loan or of some percentage specifically. Who, who's ever heard of that? Who's ever heard yeah. of doing that? Yeah. None that I know of. You know, who's been able to take a loan on the wine cellar in their basement? <laughs> right. uh, I've never heard of that. So things like that, where NFTs are moving into a space that's going to be wildly, wildly more advanced than people think. There's a project that I'm working in uh, previously called Bank Social, where similar into the mortgage industry, where your mortgage note could eventually be minted into an NFT. And then the beauty of the blockchain is that it's immutable. It's never going away and everybody can see it. You know, I not necessarily know exactly what specifically is happening, but like you can see when an NFT transfers and moves somewhere, to someone else's, it's called like a wallet address or their address. And so <laughs> once a sale is made, the closing process could be amazingly fast. Uh, a transfer of funds could be amazingly fast through blockchain. Now there's things that have been around, like blockchain's been around quite a long time in blockchain, not just in cryptocurrency necessarily. There's a lot of industry that uses something like blockchain, like people probably like maybe interacted with blockchain and not even really know what's going on. 
but that's the future of of finance and nfts as a store of value as a transfer of value um as a a, a representation of something like i said whether that's that's wine or mortgages or simply art as some of these projects are there's a project that i just got into that started out in california where a lot of the hype of these nfts are where if you're a holder of this nft you can actually go to any of their partner restaurants and get a menu item like a combo or whatever that's up like up to 30 dollars. now we'll see exactly how this project goes and things like that. But you can literally like take your your phone, your 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 wallet, your crypto wallet, go in there, and the staff have been trained to scan your your QR code of your wallet, and they've built proprietary software that knows what tokens, NFTs tokens, like non-fungible tokens, which of the NFTs of the it's called the Food Fighters universe, of which of the Food Fighters you have and how many, and then it redeems one of your tokens, and then in 30 days, you can come back or go to a different one if you have more than one token and redeem it for a menu item. Like that's that's mind blowing that there's projects out there that are doing these sorts of things. And it's amazing to see the innovation that companies have and projects have. And, you know, these are people that have an idea, people that have an idea on some way of doing something differently and utilizing technology to make it happen. There's a lot there. So what is the blockchain digging a little bit deeper on the, the future? Because it's not going away. And, and as more regulation comes into play, it's going to become even more prevalent in so many more things. And then when you're talking about scanning your NFT and then getting to be able to purchase something at a store, a wine store in this case, I'm trying to equate that to something in, in, in normal life, right? Okay, I'm going to go in, I've got a coupon or a Groupon, and I'm going to get a discount on this, you know, 12 pack of wine or Cardinal one or whatever. Um, but the difference in this is that, okay, you're buying an NFT or you acquire the NFT, which actually has a store of value, right? There's value in that rather than just a coupon that you use it store. and done. Yeah. So the, the NFT itself costs a certain amount. It's called minting an NFT when you are the first person to get the NFT out of the contract. Like you, you interact with the project and the website and you can mint an NFT and it is generated and then then you're first owner of it and then you can purchase nfts through various websites one of the biggest ones that i know of is OpenSea. it's kind of like an ebay version for nfts i mean i wouldn't be surprised if in the future ebay moves into the nft world like we're, we're already seeing major companies that are making pivots and and doing things like this to move into blockchain web three friendly space. Like they recognize the power and opportunity that's out there in these things. So that's like the NFT itself where that NFT has a value. They, there's a resale value. And then there's, you know, there's things go up and down with the markets. And then there's like the utility of just holding and owning that NFT, which is once a month per NFT, you can go to one of these partner restaurants and get up to $30 in value on their, their menu. Now that's currently, we'll see if the project, you know, continues and, and is successful and things like that, but it's a well-backed project, well-designed and things like that. A lot of the interesting part of it is that you can have like a lot of ideas and you need to look at the projects that are out there. If you're going to go into any of them, their ability to execute and be successful in what it is that they're doing. <laughs> that project has Snoop Dogg as one of their advisors. I'm like, oh, wow. you don't bring Snoop Dogg in without kind of knowing <laughs> what you're doing. Right? 
right? Right, like, right. Like that, where it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of things out there in this space right now that are like, if it's completely mind-blowing and, and unbelievable, you got to be careful because, you know, if it sounds crazy, it might be crazy. But if it doesn't sound too crazy and the team seems like they have the knowledge in the background to be able to execute on that idea, it's amazing, you know? Someone had an idea and figured out a way to bring the right people together to make it happen. And a lot and a lot of blockchain and business is networking and finding yeah. the right people to help you achieve your goals and, and dreams and be successful. So much there to dig into. We're going to have to come back and do this again. So I literally don't know the logistics of blockchain and I'm dying to know more about the basics of it. And I'm sure listeners out there are too. So can we dig into just, okay, what the heck is a blockchain? What does that even mean? Because I don't even know myself. So blockchain, uh, best thing to do would be to, to Google it and find, <laughs> okay. some, find some legitimate references. Like I said, Coinbase, those links on my site there are a great starting point. Blockchain summarized is distributed ledger technology where the blockchain is it's kind of like a series of computations that have been completed in certain ways where it's all kind of like in the cloud. A lot of people talk about where blockchain is ledgers. It's a series of ledgers and um, it's distributed ledger technology where everybody that interacts with it, it's all visible. It can be seen. And that's where the, like that immutable part is that it's okay. not going to, um, unless there's drastic measures to take out the internet globally it's not going away because the cat's out of the bag it exists yeah and it's not going anywhere so basics are like that's that's what blockchain is distributed ledger technology and that's why you hear about like different kinds of crypto where there's mining like bitcoins are mined by validators and things like that where they're computing and solving these equations and logging all of these things and basically the miners, when they compute and complete a transaction and uh, solve an equation, they essentially get like paid in Bitcoin. And that's how they're a percentage, Bitcoin. I guess. Uh, yeah, they get like a like a fee, kind of a percentage. Okay. And so okay. like that's they're generating and mining Bitcoin. And uh, I think 21 million Bitcoin. So Bitcoin has a finite amount. Fine. Yeah. Bitcoin okay. has a finite amount. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. What about like an Ethereum uh, or Doge? Ethereum, I believe, is also a mining. That's okay. So this is where you start getting into these proof of stake and proof of work chains. Like I said, there's a massive, massive amount of knowledge and, and things that people can go down the rabbit hole. Down that you very much. Yep, so that's that's my first post. There was like that's why it's it's like it's a hole. <laughs> and I went right. I went deep <laughs> deep down the rabbit hole. And so what right now there's 18.925 circulating supply. So there's 18,925,000 circulating supply on Bitcoin right now. There's only okay. going to be 21 million. And okay. then mining's going to stop. And then it's yep. just going to be trading and, and earning fees on, on that. There's also projects out there that are called tokens. Those are the things that are built on top of the blockchains where they're built on a layer. So like a layer two or something like that, where, for instance, that project Bank Social that we're talking about is mm -hmm. a project built on Ethereum and Binance chains, where basically like between Ethereum and Binance, everybody in the world can basically access it with their wherever country they're in. And to do that, um, those are generated by a, what's called a smart contract. 
which is written code generated by the developers that kind of takes some of the not guesswork out of it. It takes some of the human interaction out of it where like the contract is written in order to execute specific things. Like when you interact with the contract, the contract is going to do what the contract is coded to do whether that's to do a buy or a sell or something like that. And contracts like that and tokens like that generally have also a finite supply that is essentially minted out of the black hole and like the full number of tokens exists all of a sudden. And those then are kind of distributed out of that deployer wallet based on whatever the project's goals are. And, you know, that's all with the developers, whether they have like marketing funds and this and that. A lot of it gets put into exchanges where actual customers can, that's where they can buy and sell the token. And then there's various ways of oh. interacting with these things where there's centralized exchanges, which would be something like uh, Coinbase or Robinhood, where, for instance, like you put an order in and then they handle it for you. Like they do it. That's both good and bad because a lot of centralized exchanges are great. They have great technology. They're huge. Uh, they can do a lot. You have access to a lot of different things. They're relatively simple to use. Um, but they're also somewhat bad because they have limitations on your control of your tokens. For instance, one of the big things was when Robinhood got really big in crypto, it was right. It was for Dogecoin. And that was honestly, if you, if you read my article, that was my entry into it. Well, Robinhood was essentially a centralized exchange for people to go on there and buy Doge. And when Doge, like when Elon basically tweeted about it or, you know, called it a hustle. Pumped it. And everyone like started selling as fast as they could. And then Robinhood, like, I think it, I think they shut off trading or uh, something basically where like people got locked out. People got like, that's their money, but they can't, they can't access it. They can't do anything with it. That's where centralized exchanges get kind of interesting. That's where the other part of blockchain and cryptocurrency comes into play is the decentralized finance side of things, where you are in control of your funds all the time. As long as you have access to your wallet, a crypto wallet, and you have your code and can enact and transact these, make, there, make these transactions yourself. You interact with the decentralized exchange and you say, you know, I, my wallet address contains five Ethereum and I want to buy, you know, 30 million token of this token. And you cause a transaction to happen from your wallet to that decentralized exchange and back to your wallet. And now your wallet contains your token. There's a term that's out there that's called um, not your keys, not your crypto. And that's where that term comes from, where if your crypto is on a centralized exchange, they can shut off your access to it. You can't sell. It. That's that's happened recently with a few exchanges. If people kind of look around out there, you know, they're out there and uh, it has happened. And that's what I personally am a, a proponent of decentralized finance and, and having your keys, your crypto. You need to be careful with it because should you lose your seed phrase, which is uh, depending on the type of wallet you use, it could be 12 or 24 words. It's gone, basically. Like, unless you- There's, you there's no reset password button. There's, there's no reset password. Damn. Like, it's gone. You can reopen or import your wallet and re-access it, 
in another application or another wallet app because it's all it is is you your ownership of the address on the blockchain whatever wallet you're using that's basically like a doorway it's a viewer like okay. and then you have viewers that are kind of like having a window to your wallet and then you have wallets that are actually able to interact and transact on the blockchain where you have given it essentially like permissions and authority to where it's more like a door it's like you get to go in there and you actually get to move the money around and play with it so if you um, if you lose something there's still hope so you're saying yeah as long as you keep those words safe do not ever put them on the internet don't don't email yourself your 12 words um the safest way that, that i have found so far is that you write it down and you put it in a fireproof safe right on the back of your hand safe. no don't do that because then someone <laughs> okay. else can see it okay and okay. literally someone could see those 12 words and import those words in an app of their own and now they have control of your wallet okay and it's happened there's been i don't even know how much cryptocurrency uh in value has been stolen wow. from people because they're not safe with their seed phrase with their passwords they've been fished quite often it yeah. is, a, is a problem that happens but that's like the deep dive if you want to be somewhat safe keep to centralized exchanges but if you want to like dig deep that's in the DeFi realm and, and projects like that but that whole first article that i wrote goes over that sort of thing where where it was like all right how did people buy lamborghinis with dogecoin and it was because they like you know once doge hit saturday night live it was like people a lot of people were too late yeah uh, in that realm uh, buy the rumor or sell sell the news yeah kind of like yeah buy the, buy the rumor sell the news kind of thing but it's it's that's where i dove deep on on finding out how to utilize uh, decentralized finance and, and nft projects and things like that so so, so yeah. time right time horizon time value of money so putting money in money that you don't need for value. rent, money that you can be okay yeah. with not yeah. using for for how long? What kind of time horizon should you have if you're throwing dollars into so it, crypto or any other investment it, like this? Well, there's different ways of looking at that. If you're going to try and be a trader, good luck. You know, I'm not someone that does that. I don't have the time to do that. But you need to have reasonable timelines. And if you're going to go into something speculative and risky like you know, crypto, um, you need to have reasonable timelines. And I would say several, several months, you know, on, on the larger stuff, larger chains and things like that to, to years, you know, if you're going to be in the decentralized finance stuff, it's very risky. Um, but there's a lot of money to be made out there, uh, in short-term, uh, trading. And there, there's a, a vast amount of knowledge out there to learn and play on, um, Twitter is a huge network uh, that crypto, yeah. a lot of crypto people use. Um, you can literally just, you know, search hashtag crypto and there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of tweets like constantly. Yeah. You know, um, and, a lot and of one, garbage out there, but a lot of, you know, good things to be found in the, you know, when, when you peel things back and find the legitimate stuff. But, but Twitter by itself, in the last, you know, few months here, I've seen just an amazing amount of contributors putting amazing threads on literally any topic. If you want to learn something about sales, finance, crypto, assets, this mindset, oh, there's a lot of people out there putting out good threads. So uh, Twitter's yeah. a great a great tool. Twitter, YouTube, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, TikTok, whatever social media you use, it's, you know, you got to find the real ones, find the ones that are not, not literally 
there's a lot of stuff that's that's hype where they're just talking about something that like, oh, it's going to go to the moon. You know, you got to be careful with those kinds of things, because yeah. a lot of the time those influencers are, you know, pumping up something and then it crashes and then everyone kind of ends up holding the bag. They're called the bag holder. Um, and so you just got to watch out for that sort of stuff. You got to find things that you like you believe in, trust, you know, that have an opportunity to change things and and that you're interested in. I, that Food Fighters NFT, I'm, I'm a huge foodie. And so I was like, hey, this is a cool project, cool concept. I got uh, some extra cash to play with. You know, we'll see how it goes, and uh, get a get a free meal of it out of it occasionally. So, but that that timeline, I'm not expecting this project to make me a millionaire at all. Really, if it does, great. But you know, I do expect potentially that it could gain value, and those NFTs could gain in value over time. That timeline, I would say, is definitely months, maybe years, years, months, years. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's people need to have realistic timelines. And in crypto, people don't a lot of the time. People want the moon and they want it yesterday. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's not like that. You got to think that some of these things, unless you're playing in the de decentralized finance world and it's... Uh, extremely risky and you're basically like robbing this side to pay this side and people are just trying to trade on top of each other you know that's where people can like make huge amounts of money really quickly uh very badly i would say because like you're like robbing other people kind of essentially in that at some point it's gonna implode yeah and at some point it's gonna implode and and then there's looking at legitimate projects that are out there building a business and building a business is not something that happens overnight. It takes time. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I know that we talked about in terms of bank social, you know, they're doing things, providing utility, the, the financing part of things, doing mortgage loans. Um, I think they're in uh, regulatory phases right now in the last steps. Um, but yep. you, so you're saying there's a lot of utility. Uh, yeah. Building true utility and, and you know, the, the bank social thing's been around since last May, and uh, they're going through a huge thing right now, which is is auditing and and you know AML like anti money laundering licensing and and just you know serious serious checks to be in compliance, and uh, that's another thing that is important to to look into as well. Is like is a project that you're looking at compliant for the region that they're operating in? Are they licensed? Things like that. Like the bank social thing has has a license uh, licensing in the UAE, Canada. Uh, United States, I believe, as well. Like they're, you know, oh, wow. it, the comp the projects that take the time to do those sorts of things are generally the ones that it's going to take time. But the, you know, there there's serious opportunities out there for those ones that are going to take the time to truly develop and build a business. You writing that book just it, it, it's it's a great message for me personally because I'm in the middle of my ebook right now. But I think for a lot of listeners, because you're writing a book, a book, mm -hmm. gathering your thoughts, putting it all together. We all all have great ideas. I have a million terrible ideas for to, to one good idea. I'm the worst of that. Uh, but actually taking yeah. the idea and actually putting in the work and then getting to the finish line, it's so much easier said than done. And, but if you do it, now you know the blueprint. Now you know what it takes. And I mean, do you have aspirations of another book down the road? Maybe not a different topic? Right now? Different uh, genre? <laughs> no, not, not, not right now. Uh, not at this time. But like, that's the thing is like, maybe in the future I will. And now that I've done it, I kind of have 
get an idea of how to, how to do it. And you know, that'll go forward. And you know, until then, you know, a lot of people have been buying it. You know, like you saw, it was a you know five uh, five star rating. People seem to like it. So you know, it's out there for people to have. And and but you're right. It's it's really just kind of you know getting those things down on paper, setting your goals, having realistic goals that you can achieve, and then pursuing them and not being afraid to take some risks on those things to do it. Like I spent a couple hundred dollars on, on an artist and, and the, you know, the art could have come back terrible. Well, that was a risk I had to take, you know, and the art came, came back up. It's okay. It's a good book, you know, things like that, where you're going to have to take a little risk, put in some effort, build that equity, you know, sweat equity is great, especially for, you know, if people enjoy what they're going to do, do it, just do it. Cool. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on board. I, I've learned a lot. I hope, you know, some people out there learned something and there's, there's more to dig into here uh, on this whole oh, yeah. entire topic. So we'll have to have you back on if you, if you're okay with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, and we can, you know, if people have certain specific questions, they can uh, reach out to you or to me and, and you can get those questions to me and I can make sure yeah. that, to yeah. research them uh, appropriately and maybe kind of run them by some of the project people that I know that might have better answers. And like I said, there's a lot of research to be done out there. I'm only in it, you know, so far, a little over a year now, headlong into it, uh, <laughs> down the rabbit hole. But uh, it's been around, like I said, from 2008, 2009. One thing here, you were talking about like timelines. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that Dogecoin, Dogecoin was not, Dogecoin didn't burst into the scene and make people millionaires. Dogecoin came out in 2013 and wow. most of the country or the world didn't find out about it until 2021 on like SNL and things like that. So yeah, people just have to have realistic timelines on a lot of things. And investing and personal finances and things like that are, you need to have long timelines, but there's a lot of small steps that you can take to make sure that you get from point A to point B successfully. Yeah, you know, there's a a quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, but, you know, one of the biggest reasons people don't succeed on whatever task goals because of boredom. You get into the initial wave of of newness and you do it and you're five days in, 10 days in, and all of a sudden that goal becomes boring and you you just stop. I mean, that's, it's just so, yeah, Yeah. doing the little things every single day. I mean, you know, how how do you counteract the, um, the stale or, or boredness. And, and that's the difference between the best and the rest, people that can enjoy the work and, and learn how to love the practice. You know, that's, that's what Michael yeah. Jordan did. He he practiced harder than anybody else out there. And uh, okay. he made the game easy, made it look easy. So yeah. uh, so Michael Allen, and, and where, are you, where are you from? Right now, uh, Hampton Roads, uh, Virginia. So Norfolk specifically. And Great place. Your, Great place. Your website, seekerofcoin.com. And yep. then the book. Got, uh, some info on crypto there, the ABCs of the Coast Guard. Yep. Cool. And um, thanks, you guys. Uh, Strive 25 here, Michael Allen. Thanks so much. And uh, we're going to catch back up with you very soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strive 25 podcast. If you're ready to jumpstart your financial journey and take it to the next level, you may want to join our 30 day habit challenge which you can find on our website, strivefor25.com, strive, F-O-R, the number 25.com. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram by searching strive for the number 25. And if you have any questions and want to reach out to us, you can also connect with us on our website. Thank you so much.